Welcome to Fast Lane with Sarah Jane, a podcast for women who are on the move, managing life and family. Your host, Sarah Jane, is building a tribe and talking about the things that affect the daily lives of moms. You can expect real conversations about managing chaos, finding ways to take care of mind and body, and stepping outside your comfort zone on the way to living your best life. Hold on for a wild ride. Now, let's get started. The Fast Lane is brought to you today by Kelly Jean Snacks. Kelly Jean has created the perfect snack for people on the go. There is peanut butter and chocolate chip, mocha espresso, and no bake cookie. These are all natural, high quality snacks that keep you fueled and satisfied. This mom boss from Bozeman, Montana has truly created a delicious treat. What I like about these snacks is that our family can eat them four ways. You can freeze them for a frozen snack, keep them in the fridge. I mean, just they last longer and you can eat them cold. You can have them at room temperature, just keep them in your drawer. Or if you're out hiking or fishing or biking or doing something like that and it's hot out, if it's melted, it's still easy to eat. You just open the package and you can squeeze it into your mouth or you can put it on crackers. It's super versatile. It's gluten-free, egg-free, soy-free, and I'll tell you what, my family loves these snacks and she's working on more as we speak. So head on over to kellyjeansnacks.com and check out what she has to offer. And I'm very excited because very soon these snacks will be available locally at Klein Chiropractic. Thank you to Kelly Jean Snacks. Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane. And today I am very happy that one of my mentors is joining me today and she really helped me on my non-toxic journey. Anyone who knows me knows that I am very passionate about what kind of products my family and I use, not just consume. And um, I had been on this journey for a while, but uh, Dee Davidson really took it up a notch. So please welcome my friend, Dee Davidson. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. What an honor to be here today. Well, I just love any conversation that we have. And I think that this will be beneficial for people to learn just a little bit about non-toxic because I find, and I don't know about you, but I find that people um, either will mock non-toxic products or it's just too overwhelming. So they either make fun of my lifestyle, which is fine because I'm pretty confident in who I am. Or uh, people are like, oh, yeah, I don't know anything about that because they don't really know where to start and it can be overwhelming at first. So please let us know how did you come on the non-toxic journey? Absolutely. Uh, and it's funny, before I get into that, I just want to share a little story. Uh, so, you know, I was mentoring someone today and they were sharing um, exactly what you were saying that sometimes people just don't know what they don't know. And she, this, this person I was mentoring, they saw that one of their friends was mocking or making fun of. They took a picture, they were in Target and they put on social media a picture of organic tampons. And they said, is this, was, is this what the world is coming to now that we need organic tampons? And they clearly just were not in the know. And this person that I was mentoring um, commented and chimed in and said, actually, yes, it's one of the first things you should probably think about as a woman or if you have a 
female child because bop, bop, bop. And she said, it was amazing how many people from there on had questions about it and had no idea. So yeah, knowing is so important. And my journey with the whole non-toxic living started um, through experiencing um, something called unexplained infertility. I went to conceive my first child and I joke around that many of us spent many years trying not to get pregnant. And then you go to have a child and you're like, yes, I'm ready. And nothing was happening. And we went through all of these tests and they couldn't tell us the reason. And they said, well, you're gonna be put in this category called unexplained infertility. And from there, I went on to do what any other sane woman would do. And I started to investigate who else was in this category and there's no way, it can't be unexplained. Give me a reason, I needed a reason. So I went into um, this rabbit hole of looking into this category. And what I found were in these support groups and through my research, a lot of people were talking about endocrine disrupting chemicals in our everyday products, things that I had just used for years and years. And I'm sure you can relate to this, Sarah, that um, you know, people just are on autopilot. I don't know why I use this certain blue deodorant or this uh, detergent. That's what my mom used or was what I saw on TV. And I, I, what would make me think that in any way down the road, it, it could have an effect on, you know, my reproductive system. There was no reason I would have that knowledge or even stop to think of that. And so I started checking my products and becoming informed when that happened, because I, I came together with all these people that unfortunately found out about these endocrine disrupting chemicals and lack of regulation in products after having a product, uh, a, a problem conceiving. So it's kind of how I got on the journey. And it is just disturbing to me that, you know, no one was monitoring this stuff and that companies were allowed to put all of these chemicals in there that um, the WHO actually says, uh, we're making ourselves extinct through these endocrine disrupting chemicals. And, and most people, I don't think anyone signs up and says, hey, I'm going to take a chance knowing that. I just think people are uninformed. I think back to the days where all I wanted to do was use sun ripened raspberry lotion and bath gel from Bath and Body. Like that's all I wanted to do because I love the smell. Then the cucumber melon, then the, the country apple. And it seems like it, I don't, I'm not saying this rudely, but it's an easy gift and it's an accessible gift. If you need something for a young girl to get something like that, you know, to get her a little personal care set. So um, I think during the holidays, you know, Bath and Body and such are very busy with, with selling that kind of stuff. What do you think about that, about, you know, the stuff that we are giving our children to use at such a young age? Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think that again, no one, and I think you know, when I talk to people, the first part of the family they start with is the children, right? Even before mm -hmm. themselves. And then I, I have the conversation about what about you? If you get sick, how's that going to affect your family with income? You know, if you're out of work and how does that work? And then someone's going to take care of you and you take care of your kids. But typically we see people when they become informed and in the know, start with their kids. So I don't believe that anyone buys that stuff knowing that it has carcinogens or endocrine disrupting chemicals in it. They just don't know any better. And that is the reason we have to keep sharing the message and the information and knowing that the, the person was given the information. So they had a choice at least. I think most parents 
would choose to stay away from that if they did a little bit of research because it's not really hard, right? We, we, we know that if we are given the information that the Bath and Body Works has, you know, five you know, possible carcinogens and all these endocrine disrupting chemicals, and we go plug in those ingredients that we're talking about, you're gonna get pages and pages on the World Wide Web, right? Mm -hmm. supporting that documentation. It's just that, you know, it's not regulated and people aren't in the know. So what about greenwashing? Because there's a lot of products out there that claim to be safe that are actually not safe at all. So what can you tell us about greenwashing? Oh, I am an expert at greenwashing because I was once greenwashed myself and I was so angry, so angry. Uh, when I first went on this non-toxic journey, my first run was into uh, Whole Foods, right? So many people go to Whole Foods and I thought that's where healthy people shop, Whole Foods, right? Which is yes and no. They still have some things in there that are not completely clean or the best uh, products for us and for our families. So with greenwashing, because only 5% of personal care products on the shelf are even checked for safety, and no one is regulating the industry. Basically, the cosmetic industry regulates itself. The government isn't really getting involved. And matter of fact, they don't even have the authority, which is a little weird, to even ask um, to fully have the ingredients disclosed unless there's like a class action lawsuit or something like that going up against them, which is not usually the case until it's become a huge problem. So greenwashing is uh, a tactic that many companies are using because people are buying organic food and they're buying clean and natural products more and more, even if they don't know why it's a trend and they're like, I got to get organic so my family doesn't get sick. So companies are using that to their advantage, using words like organic, free and clear, pure, um, even fragrance free. And then you turn around the ingredient label and fragrance is listed in the ingredients and you shake your head and go, how can that be? Um, so greenwashing is a, a real thing. And I was falling for some, some companies, right? Like the seventh generation, the method, right? All of those mainstream ones that I, I was, I was a big sh target shopper um, as well. And I thought, well, they had this little section here with the green products, so they must be, uh, you know, healthy, but greenwashing is a real thing. Burt's Bees, right? And these companies getting bought out by larger companies, Tom's, um, all of those companies that, it's so important to check your ingredients. I always say it's about the, the ingredients. It's all about the ingredients, it's all about the backside. It's not about the front side with the green leaf and the pretty marketing. It's all about what's in my product. And um, buzzword, the F word, I know you know it, fragrance, right? Even if it says natural fragrance, that's a big one. These natural companies or greenwashing companies, they'll list all these other nice things. And then the last ingredient might be fragrance and they can legally hide hundreds of chemicals that are you know, harming your family under the one word fragrance. And what they do is they try to disguise it and put natural fragrance or natural perfume. And if it was so natural, I want you to just think about the fact that they would disclose lemon, lime, orange, lavender, wherever it was coming from. So greenwashing is a real, real problem. Um, especially for people looking to do better because we're trusting and not understanding that uh, companies can legally put anything they want basically in these products. So when it comes to fragrance, if I were to call a company and ask them, what exactly is the fragrance? What would be the response I'd get? Oh, they will not tell you. They'll tell you um, that it is their trade secret. And uh, a great documentary, I don't know if you've watched it, but it's, it's Stink. Have you seen Stink? Yes, I have seen Stink, yep. So Stink is a great one for people wondering about the, the fragrance um, 
in, in products. And uh, this man, he goes on this little journey. He lost his wife to cancer and she was already kind of un, you know, un, unfolding some of this stuff for their family to protect their family, unfortunately, after getting cancer. And he gets these pajamas basically for his two girls for Christmas and they stink, right? They have this scent and he tries to call the company and find out how come, where's, what's that smell from? They're just pajamas and couldn't even get, find out, you know, when, when he called up and, and asked. Um, and so they'll tell you it's their trade secret, but here's the thing, Sarah, is that there's no such trade secrets in this day and age with technology and um, how advanced companies are. There's no such thing. If you talk to a lot of formulators of products, they'll tell you that they could break down that formula or pay a company you know, not that much money even to find out what's in that. It's just their way of saying to you, we're not going to tell you what's in the product. Mm-hmm. So now there, cause I was using a natural deodorant for a while that it was all natural, but it did say fragrance in it. And so you are the one who taught me about the, the other F word fragrance. And let's talk about deodorant and how important it is to use a clean deodorant. People don't think about that at all because basically people just don't want to stink, right? Like that's why they use them or they, or they don't want to have wet armpits, but why is it important to use a natural deodorant? Mm -hmm. First of all, I want to address that comment that you just made about um, stinking or sweating. I challenge people to just think about the fact that they are stinking, you know, or sweating so much. What is it that you're putting into your body that's causing that to happen? And when I point out to people that if you're using uh, toxic ingredients in your deodorant, your armpit absorbs up to 100% of what is put there and your body is designed, the design of your body is to remove toxins, right? I mean, our body's an incredible thing. We, we have babies. And so your body knows to get toxins out. So if you're pushing toxins in through your antiperspirant or your deodorant, you're going to be sweating more than you really should be or, um, you know, stinking because that stuff's getting pushed out. So you're putting it in, your body's fighting to get it out. And a lot of people, when they switch to all natural deodorant, they find that they sweat more than ever when they first transition because it's like opening the floodgates and your body's thanking you. Thank you so much for letting all this stuff come out. And then it tapers off. And I have people who tell me that after six months, nine months, they don't even wear deodorant anymore because your body is just leveled out and isn't fighting something that's not supposed to be there. And so it's super important because it's an absorbent area and breast cancer, right? Let's talk about breast cancer. It was one in 20 something um, women and men, by the way, get it too. One in 20 something women would be diagnosed with breast cancer not so long ago within the last 30 years. And now do you know what the statistic is, Sarah? Much less. It's, it's, you know, one in eight, almost one in seven, many of which are girls in their twenties. Even I have a friend who works um, in an oncology unit and she said, do you imagine how many young girls are coming in? And a lot of this breast cancer is found in the upper quadrant, um, exactly where we're applying, you know, uh, these deodorants and antiperspirants with things like parabens that mimic estrogen um, and, Uh, aluminum and all of these things that you certainly don't want to be putting into your underarm. 
I always find that interesting too, when people say they don't want to sweat or they don't want to smell. And I'm thinking your body purposely sweats. It's like your body's way of getting rid of, you know, it's detoxing naturally. So why, I don't know. I, I always find that fascinating when people say that, which I get, no one wants to smell. Cause we've are, you know, we've all been by the person that smells and we don't want to be that person, but we still should be sweating healthily. Um, now that we're on the cancer kick, how about how important is it to use non-toxic detergent? What kind of cancers are we seeing? Gosh. So detergent, that's one of the things, one of the last things that I, that I changed because I thought just washing my clothes and then it's going out into the environment. Not that I don't care about the environment. I definitely care about it much more than I ever did uh, before knowing that's a whole other topic. What's, what's going on with that and how it goes back into the environment, our food supply, water, all of that um, stuff. But, you know, I was thinking that really was on the low priority list until I, I met a woman at an event that I spoke at and she asked me that question. She said, what about your laundry detergent? Have you ever thought about what your underwear is washed in? And I was like, what? This lady's weird, right? Why is she asking me this? So uh, I was like, no. And I remember her name, Lori. Um, no, Lori, I don't, I've never, you know, thought about that. What do you mean? And she said, well, I have, because I had a hysterectomy in my thirties. And one of the things I learned was that, you know, this, we have three areas that absorb up to hundred percent your head, your underarm and your groin. And she said, I looked into this stuff and I started to think about that because, uh, you know, in my research, I, I uncovered that a lot of these detergents, our groin is so absorbent, absorbs up to hundred percent. And, um, you know, could that have also contributed to uh, me having this hysterectomy and other issues? And so all of that and not just that, but how about lung cancer, right? One that people think, oh, just, I didn't, that person didn't smoke, how'd they get lung cancer? Uh, another thing that was brought to my attention was uh, the sheets that you sleep in all night, the pillow that your face is directly on, right? And people are using this laundry detergent and, and inhaling it. That's another thing. Can I say it's definitely linked to lung cancer? No, but it, these things are, are effect, definitely affecting us, right? And so you're breathing this stuff in on your sheets, your clothing that's on. It's also absorbing through your skin, right? Your skin is your largest organ. And so if you're sweating and the stuff's going in 26 seconds, your head, your underarm and your groin up to hundred percent, the rest of your skin, 60%. That's still a lot of that going right in. Think about the things that come in transdermal patch, right? The nicotine patch, insulin pain patch that really made the light bulb and the connection go on for me when I started to think, wow, like, I, I guess I should care about my laundry detergent. Mm -hmm. Because if, if we think about someone getting ready in the morning and let's say you take a shower, so you shampoo condition, put some product on your hair, then you're putting on makeup, however much makeup a person might put on, you're putting on deodorant, maybe you're putting on some lotion, you're putting on lipstick. What's the average amount of toxins a woman will put on just before she even goes to work? Oh my gosh. Well, I know that the average amount of products that women use um, that number is 12 to 18 products in the morning before they leave. And I know some people aren't really leaving home, but you know, uh, we do still apply our skincare and like our hair to feel mm -hmm. nice. And then you're brushing your teeth and you're putting the deodorant on. So all of that is adding up. And when I first came across this issue, I thought, Nope, not me, not using 12 to 18 products. And then the next day I stepped into the bathroom. I said, I'm going to count and see how many am I using? And I was right up there with that 12 to 18 because you 
people think of products as makeup and I don't really wear makeup, but it's not makeup. It's the shampoo. If you use a shampoo, I challenge you, go look, you have 30 ingredients. Then your conditioner, because I have hair that needs conditioner. That's another 30 to 40. Your toothpaste, 20. Your uh, deodorant, 30. You're at, you know, uh, 150 to 200 uh, ingredients or chemicals before you even like start your, like really start your day. And the problem and the scary thing with these chemicals is we're not using the deodorant and the shampoo and tomorrow finding out typically that, oh, we have cancer or an autoimmune disease or an endocrine issue or infertility. It's the toxic body burden that these chemicals uh, cause in our body over time. That's the scarier part, part. And I think why some people don't make a switch right away because they think I'm fine or, you know, I grew up with this stuff and I'm good until they have the big problem like I did with the infertility to think, um, okay, time to change. So that's the scary thing about all of the things we're exposing our body to is the toxic body burden and the long-term effects of taxing our body with um, these toxic ingredients. So besides infertility, and let's say, I will say some skin issues because people can get eczema from, um, detergent and lotions and stuff like that, that can be causing a problem. What other issues can be called by caused by toxicity? Oh gosh, there are so many issues that, um, that I've heard about that people have come to me. There's actually an environmental cancer now that that's actually, they link, it's called environmental cancer, uh, linked to uh, these, these environmental chemicals, right? Um, and there's also thyroid issues. So anything to do with your endocrine system, the endocrine system, I call it the control panel of the body because it regulates everything in your body, right? Your brain and nervous system, your pituitary gland, thyroid, adrenaline glands, your reproductive system, everything is your metabolism. Everything is um, you know, regulated by your hormones and your endocrine system. And so when you put endocrine disrupting chemicals in your body, it could affect any of those things. I met a, uh, a woman who told me her daughter at age three uh, she was sweating profusely and smelled like BO and she's going, Oh my gosh, this kid's three. And, um, she had at that age already needed to go to an endocrinologist. And so now her daughter was like 17 when I met her about in speaking with me, she, the light bulb went off for her and she started to wonder, no one ever talked to her about endocrine disrupting chemicals in their shampoos and baby wash and this and that. So there are a lot of things that can go, um, kind of haywire when you put these chemicals in your body and your body gets out of, out of whack. So thyroid medication, I've met young, young girls on thyroid medication, um, brain and nervous system. So if your child is already having a hard time with focusing and, um, you know, all of that stuff, and you're putting these chemicals in there that can disrupt the brain and nervous system, that's a whole other thing asthma, right? So we didn't even talk about asthma. I remember being at an open house at school and I've I always talked to the teachers about the cleaning products and those toxic wipes that they're using at school. And I just asked the teacher, cause again, people just aren't informed. I just asked the teacher, you know, do you have any students that have asthma in your class? Or do you know how these, these products are linked to lung cancer? And she of course had no idea. But one of the other parents that was in the background said, excuse me, what did you just say about those wipes and asthma? My son has asthma. So, I mean, the list goes on and on with the health issues. And 
you have made it your mission. That is your life's work is to help people remove toxins from their daily routine. Absolutely. And Dee actually has a really good website. And every month I do receive emails from Dee too, because she will just, well, last month, I really liked the one about Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you liked it. Maybe some of your uh, listeners are not going to like that because I know Tom Brady is not everybody's favorite. Well, you know, he never used to be mine either, but you have to respect Tom Brady. Like it's absolutely impossible for someone to be that good and not respect him. Like you just have to, but, um, anyway, so what I'm saying is that she adds a little humor into educating. And so it's really fun to read her emails and check out her page because, um, you're learning and it's fun. And I think, I think that this is really important. And, I know that people around, like people that are close to me who aren't on this bandwagon, sometimes they really get sick and tired of it. But like, I take this very seriously because I think about my kids and you're right. That's how I started. Like, yeah, I used a few products before, but then after I had kids, I wanted to change my detergent because I needed something better for my kid. I don't know why I thought I needed something better, but now looking back at what I chose, it definitely wasn't better than what I was using before, but I was greenwashed into that in fact too there are so many resources to help people get to living non-toxic, but you can't do it all at once. So I, you know, do you think it's easier for people to maybe start with their cleaning products or maybe start with just shampoo and conditioner? Do you think it's just easier to go gradually into this? So that's a great question. And I know how I felt when I first found out about this issue. I was angry, but I also wanted to change things over. And I was a stay-at-home mom. I didn't have the budget to just go out and throw everything out that I had at home. So I had to make that decision myself. And um, how I started and what I recommend is to start with the things that are impacting you the most, the things we just talked about. What is it that you're exposing your family to every single day directly? And funny that you mention the cleaning products, because a lot of times people go, I'm going to start with the cleaning products. And not that you don't want to start with the cleaning products. However, I don't know, in my household, we may spray down counters and things, but that's not affecting you the most. Typically, the things that are affecting you the most are your shampoo and conditioner, because you scalp again, up to hundred percent, your skincare, right? Skincare can have hundreds of yucky chemicals in it that uh, may be doing some good immediately, but then long-term very bad on the inside, right? Um, Your deodorant or antiperspirant, your body lotions, things that you're definitely putting on the body um, are the great places to start. And uh, in the beginning, if I said to someone, they said, I don't have a large budget, where can I start? I would always say, start with the three places that are most absorbent, your head. So anything you're definitely putting on your head, your underarm, and your groin start there. And then my rule of thumb is as you run out of a product, say you run out of your shower gel or your shave gel, let's not replace it with the same product that may be harming you. Let's take a minute and look for something, you know, on my website, I have the list of ingredients to avoid. Take that and there's top 20 offenders. How is this affecting me potentially? How bad or toxic is this product? And then that's a good time because you're out of it anyways to change over uh, the product. That's kind of my rule of thumb is if you can do it all, go for it. I've had people, they've showed me bags of stuff. They just clear everything out. Um, if you kind of, you know, can make a, a bigger transition, start with all the stuff you're putting directly on every day. And if you're at a, a lesser budget, then start with the three, those three places and then remove as you run out. 
So this is very doable. Um, you do not have to be overwhelmed. You just have to make small changes and it's, you can easily do it with everyone in your family. I know I switched my husband over to a natural deodorant a long time ago. And then again, it had the fragrance. So now he's on a different deodorant and I don't know what the scoop is, but I have to label our deodorants because we use the same ones and mine always has black hair. So no matter what, he doesn't see the R tell him I'm like you are like a deodorant hog and all the time he's like I need more deodorant and maybe it's just because that's I don't know maybe just because that's what he I mean he uses it every single day but you know he uses soap every single day too but yeah I've gotten him converted and he always asks for it so I think that's definitely a good thing because I hear a lot of that from people too that my husband won't switch or Mm -hmm. my kids aren't going to switch or, well, we found something that works and we don't want to change because we're afraid of a breakout or something like that. Again, things that I can understand, but at the end of the day, um, if you know that some of these products have cancer causing agents in them, how can you continually apply them? You're right. I mean, you can't, you can put the blinders on, but you know, God forbid something happens. I just feel at the end of the day, there's something to be said for peace of mind of saying, I did the best that I can. And I heard you talk about small changes. I think that's important that people know they don't have to go for perfection either. Uh, all the time people thank me, you know, like, thanks for not smelling like incense and looking like a hippie. Not that nothing against that, but like, what exactly does that mean? I think people sometimes think of non-toxic or all natural and that you can't uh, have, you know, Uh, you know, pretty nails or nice hair. And so I think people also need to realize that it's progress, uh, not perfection. And for myself, I just use myself as an example. I'm just not ready to go gray. So there's no safe. There's some things that are still not non-toxic. It doesn't exist. Non-toxic hair dye doesn't exist. However, I'm doing the best that I can with all of the things that I'm applying every day on myself, on my family. And that's still reducing the toxic body burden overall. So don't think it's all or nothing either. That's, that's another great message for your audience. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have any other final tips for anyone who wants to get started on a non-toxic lifestyle? I, I would just say, start with the one thing, you know, start with the one, if it's one thing, you know, if it's going to be the deodorant, because that, that statistic really stood out and your mother has had breast cancer, it runs in your family, or, you know, a lot of people just take that first small step to change something, right? And then go from there. And if it's, you know, connecting with some people or doing some research and um, just embarking on the journey, just take that first step because those little changes, they do matter. They really do. And I appreciate you talking with me today. And I appreciate our friendship because Dee is uh, one of those friends that is constantly motivating and challenging me and educating me Um, maybe sometimes without even knowing that you're doing those things. And those seem like the best friendships to have, because when you want your friends to be better, I think that makes you a better person as well. Oh, thanks for your kind words right back at you. I know that you do the same and educate me on some different things. And, uh, and really that is what that, you know, that's what my 
passion or, you know, what my thing is, is really if I can inspire someone to make one little change or someone, you know, I had one person who said their child hasn't had to go to the emergency room in 18 months since they met me and they cleaned up their products. That's really, um, that's really just so rewarding for me. So thanks for having me in your world. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.